please say it reverently before God. Prayer. That's what we're doing. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as I learn. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. May that scripture be fulfilled in your life this morning, in Jesus' name. Amen. And continuing with the message, add grace to your faith. So you have faith, just add grace to it. And I believe the grace God is talking about, you already have the grace, just let it come out of you. It's there. God's already given you that. The problem is knowledge. We just need to know all that God has given to us. So knowledge is very important. So it says add virtue to your faith and then add knowledge uh, to your faith also. So to virtue, add knowledge. You know what you, you're strong in the Lord, but God wants you to know. So knowledge is very important. And Paul actually prayed for believers to have knowledge. Ignorance is the greatest enemy of the believer. Ignorance. And if you think you know, Paul says, be careful. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 2, And if anyone thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing yet, as he ought to know. So God's wisdom, God's knowledge is so great, there is no room, we don't have enough time. A lifetime of search is never enough. For God's wisdom. You're learning something new every day. Every time you pick up the scriptures. If your heart is right. And you really want to learn something from God. Every time you pick up the scriptures. You tell yourself. You've been there and I've been there. I've read this scripture before. But I never saw this. And you wonder. What's going on? The same scripture. But every time you read and you gain understanding, something happens and you position yourself. And when you position yourself, then Jesus said, and I should heal him. Once you know the truth, the truth sets you free. The reason is, once you know the truth, you position yourself. And God has to make you shine. Like I said, the the moon doesn't have any light of its own. It's its position in relation to the sun that gives it light. So knowledge is is that important. And then he says to knowledge, add self-control. And I said last Sunday, we started talking about that. It's not uh, control others. There is no spiritual... Fruit that is titled, uh, lesson from the word of God, how to control other people. But that's what husbands want to do, control their wife. And the wives also want to control their husband. 
And the employer wants to have full control of his employees. And the employees, if they have, if they have the power, they want to have some control. Control is part of man, but God says you don't really need it. What you really need is you control yourself. That's what happens when we come to church. They're listening to the message. And instead of applying it to themselves, I wish that man was here. He, he needs to hear that. What about you? He's always about somebody else. He needs to hear this message. Oh, he needs to hear but if we really look into your life, and we know you need to hear it as well. So, it's self-control. Controlling yourself. Now listen. We've said this here before. The mind. The soul has the mind, the will, and the emotions. That's your reason. When something comes at you, or an event, whatever it is, comes into you, your thoughts, as you think on those things, will affect your feelings. So, what you think in your mind is so important, because it will affect your feelings. And, and, and if your thoughts affect your feelings, it gets to a place... Well, now, his past feelings, he goes to the decision center of your body, your life. Because your, your, it's our feelings that make us do things, right? I feel hot, put on the air conditioner, right? Or you want to get out of the place. But it came through your thoughts and your senses. And as you think about it, it works. So it goes that way. When somebody offends you, for example, you can, the best thing to do is just let it go. Forgive them instantly. Say it from your mouth. Because if you don't, you keep thinking about what they did to you. And before you know, he's gone into your emotions. You are mad, really mad. You know, you can talk to people. Listen how life works. A person can be as happy as he could be. But then he starts talking about a situation in his life. As he talks about it and thinks about it. Before you know, this happy person is crying. Your thoughts and your words now affect your emotions. And so God says, have control over your emotions. And your passions. And your desires. God wants you to have control over it. And that's what grace does. He want, grace teaches you to have control over every part of, your, of life. He says, let your moderation be known to all men. You are moderate in everything that you're handling. Even when it's, you're right, you control it. Your emotions. That's what he tells us, Titus 2 verse 11. He says, for the grace of God has appeared, and in, uh, uh, this is uh, NIV. I have it memorized in uh, uh, the New King James, and I have trouble when I go back and forth with that. But then he says, I wanted, I wanted the NIV. 
It tells us, for the grace of God appeared that offers salvation to all people. So the grace of God offers salvation to everybody. Salvation means freedom, deliverance, being saved, being healed. The grace of God does appear to all people. It teaches. So God's grace teaches us to say no. The word teaches is the, the Spirit of God teaching us. See, that's part of the grace of God. But actually empowers you. Amen? The grace of God empowers you, teaches you. First of all, it educates you, but then it empowers you to say no. That means if you are a Christian, you can say no. You have the ability to say no. That's what it is. It teaches you to say no to ungodliness. No, I'm not going to. You have the feelings, but you have it under control. You know it's enticing, but I don't want it. I've had enough. I don't want that second bite. Hello, I shouldn't have gone there. You have the ability to say no, especially to things that are ungodly. You know, I, I, yeah, everybody is doing it, but just because everybody is doing it doesn't make it right. You know better. You don't have to be near it. You can tell your friends, no, I'm not going there. I know I'm alone. I don't have somebody to be with me. But, but I know all of you are ha- supposedly having fun. But I don't want that kind of fun. I don't want it. You have the grace to say no. To ungodliness and worldly passions. What, we have to have passion for God. Not for the things of the world. What they enjoy, I don't enjoy. I used to enjoy them. I don't anymore. I try to stay away from them. You have your fun. And when your eyes get so red because you're drunk and you didn't know where you slept the last night, that's your fun. But I don't want that kind of fun. I can say no. No to ungodliness and worldly passions. To live self-controlled. The Holy Spirit is teaching us and empowering us to live self-controlled. Not to be in the essence. Unbelievers are constantly watching us everything that we do. They know when you are going, it's okay. They know when you've gone beyond. And they won't say anything to you, but your testimony is tarnished. They watch you. They watch us. They know you're not perfect, but they know you are godly because of the moderation. They watch you. They know when you have a right to be angry because somebody has offended you. They know it. And if you're angry... They can excuse you, but they wonder, they say, I, I thought he was a Christian. Why is he so, why is he screaming and using bad words? They know. 
But when they watch you and you, they've done something wrong to you, and instead of they're expecting you to be angry, and you are not, it confuses them. They can't understand it. That's self-controlled. And after that, they're watching what you are going to do with the situation. If you don't erupt immediately, you can control the situation. And so you can work with it. And they see you go back to those that have offended you. And they wonder in your heart. They say things like, in their heart. They won't tell you. I've been there. I wish I could be just like that. I wish I could do that. That's why I gossip. That's how a fellow doing the same thing. They will scream at him, curse him out. But he says nothing back to them. He still loves them. And, and I go to a place where we all, and I'm watching him. He didn't know that. That was before I was saved. I was watching him. After he's been cursed out, I mean, they say very bad things to him. He doesn't curse them back. That was bad. That was, in my mind, how could he just stay there and take that? Uh, the way I was, they will all be gone. Okay. <laughs> But then I see him, he's back with the same individuals, laughing with them, joking with them as if nothing happened. I started thinking, I don't think this man is from the earth. He must have come from heaven. And then I made a mistake of telling him, I would like to be like you. And from that day, he never gave up on me. He kept coming. Controlling in every way you live. That's so important. Temperance. The good thing is self-control is also the fruit of the Spirit. Notice, knowledge, that's not the fruit of the Spirit. Add to your faith virtue. And to virtue, knowledge. And to knowledge, self-control. Knowledge is not a fruit of the Spirit. But this is so important that it's also not something that you develop on your own. It's a gift and a manifestation of the Spirit of God in your life. As a Christian, you have self-control. If you have the Spirit of God, you have been saved. You can control unless you're not willing. If you're not willing, God leaves you on your own. That's why Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19, he says, If you are willing and obedient, you will eat of the good of the land. You have to be willing. That's the first thing God wants. The power to have, to add self-control to your faith. He's already there. Light it up. He's already there. Ignite it. Stir it up. Stir up the gift that's in you. By the laying on of my hands. But this gift is in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't excuse the essences. Resist it. And stir up what the fruit of the Spirit of God is in you. And if you stir it up, 
You know, we're coming to that. We're coming to perseverance. God uses things. He come right back again. Allow some other thing to make sure this thing is built in your life. Until you learn. That's what makes us believers. You know, I, I feel telling stories. I, I actually went to a meeting and I met a guy. Uh, uh, no offense, I know how America is. He's a white guy. <laughs> but he was in the meeting. And, and, and he, you know, in, in that small community, he was wealthy, good, solid businessman. But he had neighbors. Not all African Americans are poor, but they were neighbors that were very poor. And he knew they were his brothers in Christ. And he would go and be with them and fellowship with them. Especially, he loved this one guy. And they were like buddies, friends. And this, the story, I mean, they had it on video, but the guy was there to share. It was a tough meeting for me to, to, to listen to what, God had, what, what had happened. He was out in the country. He had a, maybe a flat tire, and he had his little daughter with him. And he was fixing the tire, and the girl was playing. And this, this black guy was driving his truck going back home in the way. And this girl was right in the way. He didn't see her. He killed her. True story. He killed her. The father was there. He had no knowledge. The, the black guy said, I thought I ran over a deer. He didn't even stop. <laughs> you know, when you don't have stuff and the Holy Spirit is not in your life, I'm going to kill that guy. That's what people think. True story. But this police, everybody started searching. And finally they found, his, found him. And they said, uh, we see this dent and blood in your eyes. I said, oh yeah. Last night I was coming home and I hit a deer. Oh, it's not a deer, man. No. That's your friend's daughter. He was distraught. And he didn't know what to do with it. What would you do? Hide? But his friend was not mad. Amen? He had the control engine inside of his life. He wasn't mad. Hurt? Yes. When he found out it was his friend that killed his daughter, no much reaction. Everybody was watching. Everybody was watching. Funeral day came, and he said um, to his friends, um, we're going to have funeral. All this time he had been planning to build this man a house. Call his friends that have businesses, you'll donate, we'll build this guy a house. They don't have good toilets and stuff like that, we're going to help him. A true story. But now what would you do? You give up everything. Because you're mad. And you want revenge. But you got the Holy Spirit. On the funeral day, he said, I want my friend to sit by me. The black guy said, I'm not hurt. I don't want to go. I'm not going. He said, but that's how we honor our daughter. You come and sit with me. 
And the black guy said that was the toughest thing. He cried through all through the funeral service. He cried. And after the funeral, everybody went home. I'm sure everybody was wondering. The black community was like, this was way back then. They were thinking, what's going on? Finally, after he got through grieving, he called his business friends together. Time has come for us to build him a house. Yes. True story in America. They built this man a house and helped him to move. His pastor said, look, we have heard about the love of Jesus. No, we saw the love of Jesus. We saw the love of Jesus. We saw it. Was he mad when he first heard it? Most likely. But he held himself back and pulled deep into what the Holy Spirit had put in him. You may think you don't have the ability to do what that man did. You do. He's there in you. The only difference is whether you are willing or not. He was willing. And so the grace was added to his faith and produced. The whole community came together in love. They were brothers in the Lord Jesus. And the memory of this young girl honored. Not by the white community, but everybody. They came together. And the black brothers were happy. We are family. They saw what Jesus had spoken. Amen. That's what Christianity is all about. True love. By the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Where we can live a self-controlled life. And we don't allow our passions and our emotions to get the better part of us. We hold back when we should lash out. Amen. That's why God says the next thing is perseverance. Add to self-control perseverance. Because sometimes things are not going the way you like it to go. And you got to deal with that. You know, the word perseverance in some translation, that's in verse 6 of uh, uh, Second Peter chapter 1, that's what add to self-control, perseverance. And some translation will actually have it reading uh, endurance. And other translations, patience. And, and then you read to find out synonyms of this word. Great. Great. Staying steady. No matter what's happening around you. Being consistent. Being the same person. In spite of everything that's happening around you. That's what it means. To persevere. Resolute. Persistent. That's what that word means. 
Another word is steadfastness. Steadfast. In other words, stay, you're not double-minded because of all the things that are coming at you. The word here, perseverance, means things are going to come into your life that you don't like. But God allowed it. It wasn't by accident. God knew those things were coming your way. And it's part of life. And God has a purpose for it. So, regardless of what it is, God wants you to understand. That's where it comes. Faith, knowledge comes into play. All things work together for good. You have to have that. That's where knowledge is. You know you don't understand what's happening to you, but you can persevere, you can be patient, because you know all things work together for good to those who love God. We like that part, to those who love God. But then the second part is to those who are called according to His purpose. So His purpose is greater than your purpose. So be patient. And believe me, his purpose is gooder than your purpose. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. That's how the English people taught us to speak English. He said that E R O and E S T. So it's gooder. So his purpose is much better when it's all over. So God wants you to develop this called perseverance. Because if you don't have it, you miss out on its purpose. That's what it is. So add this to your faith. Is that important? Add it to your faith. Listen, the scripture says in Job chapter 5 verse 7, Yet man is born to what? I didn't know trouble was your father. <laughs> That's what it says. You are born to trouble. I didn't say that. That's scripture. Meaning, you are going to have troubles. It's part of life. It says, as the sparks fly upward, when you have spark, it's always going up. So, just as you see it going up, uh, trouble is coming down to you. It's part of life. So, God understands that it's part of life not to destroy you. Because God can use trouble to make you. He didn't send it. It's just part of life. But he can harness that and make something beautiful for you. So listen, there is a day that is called the day of trouble. How many have been there? Sometimes it's when you go to your mailbox and you receive a mail. It becomes the day of trouble. After you, you open the mail and you read, things have changed. You were happy before you got to the mailbox. Now you're crying back. As you're returning back to your home, and your husband or your wife says, What's going on? Why are you crying? The mail. 
The day of trouble has come. But listen to what God says. Call upon me in the day of trouble. There is a day Jesus called the evil day. There is that. Everyone is going to experience an evil day. My family, we've been through a few evil days. And, and they come and you don't know where, what's going to resolve the situation. You, you can't do anything about it. You have to depend on him. I believe that God's using it to help us learn to trust him. He does that for every believer. You know, we're just speaking it's like word, but what's happening is faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. As you listen, God's building something into you and giving you understanding of life. And you know the truth and you can be in freedom. It tells us many are the afflictions of the righteous. How many righteous do we have in this house? Watch out for trouble. It's coming. I didn't say it. If you have fights, fight with the scriptures. That's what the Bible says. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, right? Is that true? So why are you complaining about your trouble? It's part of life. But notice what it says. There is a but there, right? But God delivers him out of some of them. Oh, some of you don't want, you don't want to keep your problem? <laughs> he delivers them from all of them. So, do you know the reason why we complain and get sad? We don't believe what God says. If God's going to deliver you from all of them, not one left, right? You have to trust him that he, may, you know, he, he knows what he's talking about. He knew that the troubles will come your way. But he, he can also deliver you. So you wait for God. Notice he says, call on me and I will deliver you. The word is will. Right? Will, sometimes will can be immediately. That word will can be another month. Okay? But for, for some of us, it's like going to McDonald's. Uh, the hamburger is not ready in time. And you just drive away. I need my Big Mac. How come he's taking you 10 minutes do you have to go raise a cow and, and kill it to get me my hamburger? What's the matter with you? And, and it's just five minutes. And the lady says, hey, hold on, just, just a few more minutes. Two minutes. Lady, if you don't get it here right now, I'm going to go to the next McDonald's. And before she looks like, wow, he's gone. That's what we're doing with God. You give it to us now. God says, now, 
I want to teach you to sit. Remember the scripture says, be still and know. Be still and know that I am God. That's character. You see, God, we are more interested in the things that will help our flesh, but God is more interested in building character in you. You know why? Because you are his ambassador. You are his ambassador. And he wants you to represent him well. That's the issue here. That's the issue here. Did you all know that perseverance is a commandment from Jesus? Uh huh. I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Revelation chapter 3. Verse 10 and 11. It says, since you have kept my command to what? To endure patiently. And if you read another translation, it says, since you kept my command to persevere. To endure patiently. In other words, you're still going through the problem and no solution from Jesus. And Jesus is the one saying it. Excuse me. He is the one saying it. To persevere, to develop that in your life, is a commandment from God. So, how will God test you whether you got that in you? He's got to test you, right? To see if that work has been done. If you are keeping His commandment. It says, since you have kept my commandment, my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. How many live on the earth? So the only way to be afraid from that, learn to persevere. The children of Israel didn't understand that. You know how many times they had to go through the wilderness? For 40 years, they kept going around the same place. Because they go the first time, they didn't learn the lesson. And they go about, go around again. You know what? When you don't trust what God says, you won't persevere. Guess what you do? You complain. You complain. That's all you do. Because you can't trust the word of God. So you complain. God said to hold fast to what you have. But God wants to teach you to be patient. Because patience has patience or perseverance has a reward from God. And that's why he tells us in James chapter 1. He says... Consider it pure joy. My brothers and sisters, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. 
So what I should see from you is, uh, Pastor Goodluck, I'm so happy today. God is giving me a new trial. <laughs> Count it all joy when you enter into temptation or when you are tried. Is that not what God said? It is. That doesn't make sense, right? How can you be happy for trial? You walk up to your friend at work and say, I'm really happy this morning because I, I have a new problem. They're going to look at you and say, are you sure he's okay? Is he okay? Something wrong with him? But that's what God said. And let God be true. And every man, even if you don't understand it, why don't you even pretend to like you're happy? Yeah. Count it all joy when you fall into, that's what James tells us, consider it pure joy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know, do you really know? Do you really know? Because you know that the testing of your faith, so the trial is a testing of your faith. Just like God tested Abraham. And when he's done, let me go back, stay with the scripture. It's the testing of your faith produces what? Perseverance. So God allows the trouble so that you can have patience or perseverance he wants to develop that in us as Christians because he beautifies our lives as Christians. That's what this is all about. And, and we, some of us are having more troubles because we are not developing perseverance yet. And God says, he didn't learn it that time. He didn't get it. Let's try him again. And after you pass the test in one area, God says he's doing well in this area now. Let's go to the next area. And you're going, ah! I can't. This is enough. I've had it. I can't take it anymore. Uh, that's not you. I'm talking about the brother out there. I'm just telling you, Pastor, as I feel. Really? What about what God feels? He says, count it all joy when you go through these trials. You know what? Because all things work together for good. I see that in the life of Joseph. Pure trial. It's like he was going further and further down. But how do you know God was pleased with him? And he was joyful. And his, 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 his master knew there's something different about this kid. He's never down, even in times of trouble. He's special. And God tells you that by telling us this, that God was with Joseph. God was with Joseph. And he was doing right. They said, God, I was minding my business, trying to do what is right, trying to please you. Now, you see, I'm in prison. You don't hear that from Joseph. 
But Joseph didn't know what was going on in his life. Was God working on his purpose for his life and for the house of Jacob, for Israel? Joseph had no reason. What if he had complained a lot and been bitter? We won't be reading of Joseph today. These things were written for our example. Many of us will miss a lot that God's begun to do in our lives because we complain, we get bitter, we stop going to church. And the pastor is lying. Those things don't work. I tried it. It doesn't work. You already knew when you tried it that it was not going to work before you tried it. But that's the way it is. Romans chapter 5 verse 3 and five, 3 to 5 it says not only so but we also glory in our suffering because we know say the word again we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope and then hope it will cause, bring, bring us shame. And hope does not put us to shame. In other words, through character you can hope. And the reason is God has spread his love in all of our hearts. Amen. No matter what you're going through this morning, I hope the word has been able to reach you. I know God is. You understand? I really know God is. So no matter what trouble you're going through, when you, even when, like I said, when you are praying about it, that's not the first time God found out about it. He knew all the troubles and he knows what you're going through. He says for you to talk to him. Call, he's going to talk. And if, if you love him and you're walking, not perfect, but serving him with all, as best as you can by his grace. All these things will work together for you. But when you become anxious and bitter and you complain and you stop going to church, it's going to take another 40 years before you enter the promised land, according to scriptures. But today, what I'd like us to do, if there's been any concern in your life or complaining, sometimes even in the heart, can you say, like Angela said this morning, Lord, I surrender. Don't understand all of this, but not a word of complaint against you or anything anymore. I'm going to turn my life around. I'm going to trust you, God, from today. Because I know all things work together for good for my life. Okay? Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you. I believe for every word hearing my voice today, I know God's in this house. I don't have any doubt about it. And God's going to change your situation. Young man, you're back there. Stand up. No, no, you're looking back, but it's you. It's you, yes. 
I'm not taking you to the principal's office. (laughs) I believe that God's wanting to do something in your life. I really believe that. What you need to do is surrender completely. There are things that have been, it seems like, up and down and whatever in your life. That's okay. But you need to trust him. Okay? And turn everything out to him. No more doubting. Go with him. Okay? Go with him. Go with him. Now listen. He is not going to disappoint you. He's not going to disappoint you. Okay? Don't have second thoughts. Go with what God's doing in your life. Okay? Amen. Now, would you all stand up with me today? Sometime back in the church, I hear the word sold out. In the church, sold out. I believe God's asking you this morning, sell out. Everything. I'm not going to make an altar call. I'm asking everyone hearing my voice today, if you're not a Christian, give your heart to God today. You know how? I know he's in this place and he's calling for you. But every one of us, I want you to tell yourself. You see, he won't come in until you tell him, I'm selling out to you. Once he comes out of your mouth, you've given him permission. And he's going to come. And things are going to be different. You don't have the power, but he has all the power. All you have to do is sell out. God, I surrender. Like Angela said, I surrender to you everything. I'm holding nothing back. Don't want to understand it. I will understand it through you. I'm giving everything to God. Will you lift your hands? That's a sign of surrender this morning to God. And you say to God, I don't understand what's happening in my life. Don't understand why these things are coming. But I know that you know and that you are working everything out for my good. He's going to turn out for my good. He's going to be for my good. God, I believe you are with me. Say that. God, I believe you are with me. Do you really mean that? Say it like you mean it. And I'm, this is serious. No kidding. God, I believe you are with me. And all will be well. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All will be well. All will be well. That's the joy we have. I know there is a God. I have no doubt God is. And that's why I can speak with confidence. Because he backs his word. If you don't feel him, that's because you moved away from him. But the Bible says, draw near to God. He will draw near to you. If you go back to your room today and you kneel down and you say, God, I want you right here. Guess what? He's been wanting to be close. No matter where you've been, he's been wanting to be close to you. Give him that opportunity. No one is excluded. We exclude ourselves. 
but he doesn't. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, I know this God. When you speak to him, you give him permission. And you invite him into your family, your life. If you have trouble in your family, invite him in and surrender. You may not understand how he's going to work. But I'm telling you, he'll come in. And when he's true, you'll look back and you won't believe what he's done. It doesn't happen like you can notice what is going on. You won't even be aware of it. Maybe. But after a while, he will remind you. He does that with me. He tells me, do you remember you prayed about that? Oh, yes. I remember. And I thank him for it. Amen. Let's lift our hands up to him this morning. Father, thank you. I thank you for your people today. I know you came from heaven to deliver heaven's goods to us. Earthlings. But you loved us so much. And I know everyone is loved by our heavenly Father. And Lord, we have surrendered our lives to you in prayer this morning. Say with me, Lord, I surrender everything to you. Grant me grace, the grace to serve you and to be obedient to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you give him a clap offering? He deserves it. He deserves it. I believe God is changing things in your life. And it's beautiful. Uh, if you're sick in the body, I had that early this morning. Sometimes I don't go the healing way. But if you're sick, God wants to heal you this morning. I don't care what you got, especially if you have a back pain. If you have back pain, please come. And our prayer partners are going to pray with you. Or whatever your problem is, please come. Prayer partners, would you please come up here? Um...